as slow as possible, as fast as necessary. The words that I just use are rhetorical technique that we call heightening the contrast. Slow, fast, up, down, and often when you hear an expression that heightens the contrast, we think about a plane, a line, and on that line has an origin and a potential ending, but not this line. And I state that because I think before you actually, and I thank the listeners for their patience, stay with me, I want to provide a quote from the great Winston Churchill, who said, success is not final, failure is not fatal, it's the will to continue that counts. The as slow as possible, as fast as necessary is a metaphor for success. And the words that I'm using to describe movement. Now, in my case, it's climbing a mountain. Welcome to A Climb to the Top, Stories of Transformation. I'm Chuck Garcia, and my guest today is Scott Traeger. Scott, welcome to the show. Thanks, Chuck. It's fantastic to be here with you. When I talk about movement, Scott, Before we even get into your background, help us to understand the metaphor, as slow as possible, as fast as necessary, in your world. Sure. So um, in my world, right now, we're talking about driving off-road. And the slow as possible allows us to guide our vehicles over various types of terrain and obstacles. Um, There are times, however, that we need momentum to carry us through. And uh, without that momentum, we can't get to the next point. So that's where the as fast as necessary comes into play. Yet when I segued from there to the Winston Churchill quote that ends with, it's the will to continue that counts, you have a very interesting storyline as to how you got to the description of these movements and ultimately off-road vehicles. And I want to explore that. But before we do, tell us your background. Um, sure. So uh, I grew up in uh, on Long Island, uh, middle class family. Um, dad was a, a sales rep. Mom was a homemaker, and uh, you know went on to uh, love computers. Nassau Community College, woohoo, associate's degree. Went across the street over to Hofstra University. Um, got a job in the uh, defense contracting industry as a computer programmer doing uh, various types of weapon systems and uh, ASW simulations, and then moved on to Wall Street. Uh, From there, I wound up uh, running some global teams for um, a major media company for high-speed automations, uh, delivering, uh, you know, headlines that were market-moving to 450,000 subscribers and faster than the blink of an eye. And Scott, for our listeners, you and I live in the same town. We used to commute just about every morning from a station in Westchester. We used to stand on the platform on the 6.19 a.m. waiting for Metro North to take us into the city. And many years ago, I asked you a very innocent question. Hey, Scott, how are you doing? What I didn't recognize at the time is that you were blazing new trails, but they were fraught with (laughs) obstacles and opposition. Bring us to that moment, Scott, where you were working for a large media company, yet on the platform you were talking to me about something else. What were you describing about 11 years ago, I'm thinking? About that. And uh, 
that was a loaded question you asked me, and I had just uh, um, previously come from a planning board meeting. Um, so I, uh, my passion is driving off-road, going out into the woods. It relaxes me and taking my Jeep and navigating through terrain and obstacles. And um, I had come up with this crazy idea um, that I wanted to do something with my passion. So transforming from a corporate executive into an entrepreneur, um, I came up with this plan to, um, to create an off-road driving school up in uh, Ellenville, New York. And when you had contacted, when, when I saw you on that train platform, um, I had just come from a planning board meeting. And uh, what I thought would be a very simple thing, oh, buy the land, have a business model, and then we'll start doing this, um, turned out to be a multi-year, very expensive battle with organized opposition who um, basically did not want an off-road driving school in their backyard. Well, before we even get to there, let's set the scene of what that vision is before you hit the opposition. What were you describing and what is it today? Sure. So um, it's a uh, low-speed off-road driving. Uh, we, we take folks out in, uh, in Jeeps, Land Rovers, G-Wagons, and we train them how to drive off-road, but in a very safe and respectable manner. We teach uh, people and vehicle preservation, and uh, what we want to do is also uh, make sure that the environment is, uh, is not negatively impacted. It's a commercial recreation type of business, which has evolved from that uh, basic vision of off-road driving into an adventure company complete with working um, uh, with overlanding, training folks from uh, different commercial applications like utility companies, U.S. government, and, um, you know, it's all about learning, adventure, and fun. And what's the name of the company? The name of the company is Northeast Off-Road Adventures, based in Ellenville, New York. And while I've had the pleasure of visiting you, Scott, and riding in the vehicles, and it was a whole lot of fun, this is not the story. Seems to me the story is, this is a story of transformation from corporate manager, which you were project manager for many years, I know, and an, an engineer by trade, to entrepreneur. But when I think about your entrepreneurial story, Scott, it is laden with what you described earlier, obstacles and opposition. Having known you, I know often that there are five words that you must say to yourself continually that have gotten you through those obstacles. First, talk to us about those words, because that's self-talk, and continue on how you manage to get through these obstacles? Sure. So um, uh, the first word is goals, and setting up goals are critically important. So I'm, I'm a PMP, uh, Project Management Professional, certified since 2005. So um, goals, I'm very goal-oriented. And making sure that we have those set, um, that's basically our guiding light to make sure that we're moving forward. Uh, tenacity is another word, ensuring that whatever we're doing um, you know, we're not just going to get discouraged and, and give up, right? Uh, Re-evaluate all the time because things change. Situations change. Um, it's important to take a look at that in our lives and, and just re-evaluate where are we, where do we need to be. Um, and critiquing, uh, making sure that we're accepting critical feedback. Um, there's a great saying from the Hyde School, um, which is, uh, if the shoe fits, wear it. If not, throw it away. But we need that critical feedback to keep furthering uh, ourselves and also improve. We can't be complacent at, at any time. We need to constantly innovate 
and, uh, and keep it moving forward. When you had your vision for this off-road vehicle school, and you described earlier the opposition, walk us through what happened and how you got through those obstacles. Sure. So uh, at the very start of this, um, you know, this whole idea about uh, building a school, we had to go in and find land, first of all, that was uh, zoned uh, appropriately. So uh, we wound up going to a couple of different places, found some land, and then I found out that nobody really, no planning board would let us talk unless we were the, the owners. So I had to go and purchase this land first, which is a pretty substantial investment. Um, did that, spoke to the town, everything seemed okay, looked good. Uh, went before the town, the first meeting sounded great. You know, we, we plan to bring in business, help out the local economy. And they said, okay, we're going to just do a quick public hearing next month to fast track you guys and you'll be all set. And that's the thought be behind it. Well, seems easy. Seems, yeah, what a big, no big deal. It's just a small project, right? Yeah. Well, at the next meeting, apparently there was some organized opposition that uh, portrayed us as a redneck, beer guzzling, truck racing fiends mm, that would great. ruin the Catskill Mountains. And for the next uh, year or so, they just blatantly, um, you know, did everything they could to cost us more and more money and delay us as much as possible. Um, so we had numerous things going on. Um, there was um, one person who said, hey, there's a turtle on their property, a wood turtle, and uh, before you know it, I'm paying for a, um, uh, an environmental analysis uh, to make sure that there are no um, endangered species, which there they weren't. And then, uh, you know, another person says, oh, you know what, uh, they've got a roaring stream on the property, uh, which there wasn't, <laughs> but because of that, we had to do another analysis and another analysis. So there are so many obstacles along the way. And during that whole time, you know, it's like an emotional roller coaster because this is going to be um, my retirement. And I love teaching, I love my passion of off-roading, and, um, it, you know, we wanted to take this whole thing to to uh, the next level and, and train people and have fun. But meanwhile, um, this organized opposition was really making it difficult. They went on the radio, they went in the newspapers, and um, you know, I, I just had to focus on working what, with my attorney on what's legal and what, what we can do. So no matter how, how upset I was, couldn't just just had to keep it moving forward. But also, in addition to giving you directly the opposition, they made it public. People were now reading about you, even if they didn't know you. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I mean, there were planning board meetings where um, my wife was actually in the back row of one of the public hearings, and there was a gentleman sitting next to her who who just muttered out loud, "You know, if, if this goes through and that guy goes near my property, I'm shooting him." You know, so, it's good to know. Yeah, yeah. Um, so interesting stuff. It's um, it was uh, quite a roller coaster. Uh, so there are that. financial hurdles. Huge. There financial are legal hurdles. hurdles. Oh yeah. Now yeah. you have to protect yourself from somebody that has made a threat. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, and you managed to how, how? That goes back into the tenacity piece, right? Okay. Um, because I believed in what we were doing. I mean, um, you know. Uh, I, it's again, it's a passion-based business. I invested heavily in the business as well as myself. I went out west, studied schools out there, became certified uh, as an international four-wheel drive trainer, 
and just wanted to make this happen. And not for nothing, uh, these people were just ill-informed. It was just a couple of people mm -hmm. that were doing whatever they could to influence the, the neighbors and the masses against us. And after we got through all of that, all right, um, I mean, I had to have so many concessions that we could only operate three months uh, or three seasons. We, we couldn't go past four o'clock. We can only have X number of vehicles and all these concessions, which I gave because I figured, let me get my foot in the door, and then we'll work it afterwards after people really see what we're about. And you never lost faith? No, absolutely not. So part of your tenacity, your goals, your tenacity, your reevaluation, critique and improve, all of that must have been Scott self-talk in spite of all the opposition. Keep driving. Yeah, you just got to keep it moving forward. I mean, uh, an analogy is off-roading, you're, you're going to hit obstacles. Mm -hmm. And we will go around, over, through, or if we have to, we'll back up and find another route. But at the end of the day, we're going to keep it moving forward. Yeah, I know while to our listeners in particular, we hope to leave them always with face the obstacles, don't run away from them. But what I know what you're describing may also have some implications on what you learned about yourself, what you learned about your family, and leadership lessons that you take both within the confines of your home and what you bring to Nora. Talk to us about those sources of maybe we call them regret or we call them lessons from the entrepreneur who is having a tough time. Um, so one regret that I have looking back is the amount of time I, I spent with my family. Um, being in the corporate world, I was on call 24 by seven. All right. So holidays, weekends, it didn't matter what it was. I was on call leading a global team and I, my focus was my job. Uh, it was my total focus. And, um, unfortunately there were, were impacts on that with my family. Um, we made it through, we, we realized this and we got help, but, um, it, you know, life is short and when we're in the middle of, uh, of focused on whatever we think is the most important, I didn't take a step back and really look at the holistic view. I didn't look at the impact of my corporate life that it had on my family. I mean, yeah, I was, I was making good money. We didn't want for anything. But what it turned out that I learned later on is my family was wanting from me. Um, so making the transition as an entrepreneur, I'm still working 24 by 7, but I'm a lot happier. And I'm able to incorporate and have my family help with the business. Um, so, um, you know, that's something where I, I think one of the life lessons was take a real look at where, where am I, where do I need to be, and how do I get there? But how's it impacting, impacting the people um, that, that I love. You're listening to A Climb to the Top, Stories of Transformation. I'm Chuck Garcia, and our guest this evening is Scott Traeger. Scott is the founder and president, CEO of Northeast Off-Road Adventures, otherwise known as Nora. And Scott, just before we had the station identification, you delved into the family, which I think every entrepreneur should know that it's going to be challenging but you're talking about your transformation and being more happy because you're actually living the very thing that you are doing that brings you joy. Has that always been a part of you to try to do this or did this come to you through the twists and turns of life and career? 
Um, so this was more about twists and turns in, in life and career. Earlier on, I, I was always a hard worker. Um, through high school and college, I had uh, all sorts of uh, jobs. I was a um, uh, I would cut lawns, work in a uh, computer lab at school, and uh, do fast food, whatever it took, so that I was able to um, to do the thing that was my passion at the time. I had a '73 Barracuda Mopar head, um, a '76 Duster, and I loved my my muscle cars. So I would do whatever I could to earn money, um, so that I could pay the insurance, pay the uh, pay for those vehicles. So um, I, I always would figure out ways to uh, uh, to keep working hard in order to get my ultimate goal. Well, you kept driving, if we're using that metaphor, because it's interesting, the off-road vehicle, your slow as possible, fast as necessary, has been a metaphor for how you built this business. Yeah, it's nothing comes real fast, right? And um, again, going back to having the, those goals, um, I mean, reevaluating, and I, I guess I always did that while I was going to college, right? Where am I? Uh, where do I need to be? What classes do I have to take? And how am I going to get there? What 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 sequence? So that also works, um, you know, when recovering a vehicle that's stuck in mud or on on broken down on the trail. You know, um, my goal is to get up to the top of that mountain, but mm -hmm. it may take multiple iterations and different paths of zigs and zags to get there. And that's basically my message for everyone. I mean, if uh, if anyone is out there and they have a passion, they have a dream, they shouldn't feel as though anyone is keeping them down. If, if they truly believe in it, okay, it's not going to happen overnight, but just start breaking it down and figuring out what are the steps I need to take to get me closer, to keep me moving forward. Right. I mean, that's, that's whether it's in academia, in relationships, in the work environment, or in a hobby or a passion. Right, and in spite of all the obstacles, you, your case, you keep driving. Uh, absolutely. I, mean, I want to explore something else that it's interesting how you are now living your entrepreneurial dream, but you can't do it alone. You've built an organization. Talk to us about what it was like to be able to continue to service the Nora dream because it's not just you. Now you've got to bring other people into your picture. What is it like now spreading or having others to buy into the dream, hiring them, paying them and expecting them to always exceed expectations. Sure. So it, I am so fortunate that the people I've aligned with are very passionate about what they do. Um, many of them, uh, when I started driving off-road back in 2004, 2005, um, I joined a club. Uh, and, and that club afforded me to build some great relationships with some really, really talented folks who build off-road vehicles and wheel. And I became a, a secretary and officer of that club. And um, what we wound up doing is going out every opportunity I could to wheel, uh, regardless of weather. And uh, a lot of those folks are the core that started working with me on this project. And then um, over at Nora, what we have are you know folks that come in and they take a couple of classes. And then after that, they become groupies and they just want to hang out and, right. and with us. And then they become volunteers some, for some of the bigger events that we do up at Hunter Mountain Ski Resort or, or uh, other locations. And then finally, um, you know, they just want to come and work with us. So they're part time, but everyone is thrilled. It's smiling. It's a fun thing. Um, I mean, when we it's empowering. We we take folks who have never done this before. And many people are buying off-road vehicles and they've never gone off-road before. So we're taking them and we're showing them the capabilities of what their rigs can do. 
and it's a formal class presentation, it's obstacle courses, it's going out on our 75-acre trail network while, while guides and instructors are doing lessons on the trails side by side with them. And it's empowering, and uh, it, it's also a metaphor because I've gotten so many letters, um, I can think of this one from a woman who, who said that she didn't think she could do it, but after doing that, she was able to move forward with other aspects of her life because it, it taught her to just believe in herself. Right, to really, do the thing you didn't think stuff. you're capable of yeah. doing, yeah. and you're there in the service of their belief. That's it. And because you did something that you had to continue to believe in, and who better than you to help someone to believe in themselves? It just happens to be a car. <laughs> it's, it's awesome. We call it miles of smiles as people are just, um, you know, enjoying it and uh all like-minded enthusiasts, and it's uh, very, as I said before, it's real powerful. Well, it's an interesting lesson here beyond the passion, just having to build the business. You did something that I think a lot of entrepreneurs often regret that they didn't do. You started to build a community of like-minded enthusiasts that are are common to your passion and your theme of off-road adventures before you even hire them. So you had a preview. Is that a good way of putting it into yeah. who could yeah. be in your circle before you actually had to bring a commercial consideration to paying them? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, we've got folks who are just so passionate and knowledgeable and uh, powerful with uh, um you know, with that knowledge. And along the way, we've made some amazing contacts in the industry. Um, you know, we've got a fabulous uh, um, relationship with a, with a gentleman, you know, who we met back in 2007, uh, who runs a, a company who's our major sponsor. And, uh, uh, you know, the whole community, it's just amazing how people will rally together and, um, you know, do things to help others as well. We, we do things with the local food bank, um, we do um, uh, a lot of things for people with disabilities. We have an entire SOAR program, Specialized Outdoor Adaptive Recreation. And uh, we will take, um, folks, we are um, working in cooperation with Helen Hayes Rehabilitation Hospital. And we will take people with mobility disabilities, quadriplegics, paraplegics, um, and we will bring them in and give them trail rides. We have off-road wheelchairs where folks can come in and enjoy. We have competitions that we do for, uh, for folks as well. We do corporate team building. Um, you know, anything related we, um, uh, to uh, recreational off-roading and recreating in the woods, we offer. We're, we're partnered with wilderness first aid companies um, and survival skills companies that is taking place over at our facility in Elgin. This is awesome because many of our listeners, Scott, do they think about the sometimes particularly our college students, you and I have taught many undergraduates, mm -hmm. they often look at the world as the for-profit world and the not-for-profit world. And they sometimes think that the things that you've just described are only something that is situated toward a not-for-profit because they're doing good. But in your case, being the capitalist that you are, you're doing good and you're doing well. That must be a life lesson you can leave our audience with. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there, there's no reason why you have to choose one or the other. If you take a look at um, the things that you are passionate about, the things that you want, and also keep in mind, how do you help others? How do you help others to be their best and, and bring that to them, right? Holding people accountable, but also holding them accountable to doing their best. Um, that's something which I'm a firm believer in. And, uh, 
for, for those who are out there in the college world trying to figure out if they want to go in a professional career or if they want to go down uh, for, for helping people, there's no reason that you can't do both. Okay, there are so many tremendous, amazing phil uh, philanthropic organizations that are uh, capitalistic based, but also fund and help so many other people. Yeah, because you're describing, Scott, this wonderful enterprise that you've built, but you're speaking about what we call a mountaineer in the law of reciprocity. It's probably the same thing in off-road adventures, but it's the kindness and generosity that you extend to others because they extend it back. In our time remaining, Scott, I'd like to use something that it's fundamental to this show and to uh, other people helping to understand how to form their transformation. We ask ourselves a question in three parts. What do we want our listeners to think? What do we want them to feel? And then what do we want them to do, given Scott Traeger's advice of your transformation? So let's start with, what do we want them to think? Um, I'd I would suggest that folks think about what it is that makes them happy, what it is that fulfills them. And the first thing to know is, you know, what is that? What's, what's the goal that they want to pursue? And take a hard look at it because that's also going to change over time. Um, throughout stages of my life, there were different things that I was pursuing. Um, what do you want them to feel? I want them to feel empowered. I want them to feel that they have control and that they have a passion. Right? I want them to feel as though they can do it because they absolutely can. Anybody In spite can. of all the obstacles. Yeah, the obstacles are there. You know, Chuck, it's not about attaining the goal. It's about the journey. And that journey is the experiences that are going to be long lasting and where we're going to pull in that enjoyment and fulfillment. And what, Scott, do you want them to do? I want them to take action. I want them to, to do whatever it is that's going to let them feel fulfilled, but don't be complacent. They have to go out there, figure out their goal, what it is that they want to do, and, and go for it. Life is too short. Thank you for tuning in to A Climb to the Top, Stories of Transformation. I'm Chuck Garcia, and it's been a pleasure to host Scott. Scott Traeger, I want to leave our listening audience with one expression, and I want you and I to do it together. One, two, three. As, as slow, slow as, as possible. possible. Pause for dramatic effect. As, as fast, fast as, as necessary. necessary. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.